You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Wow, a lot to get to today. Uh, the show was uh, was scheduled to only be on for uh, 90 minutes. And then, uh, you know, obviously with some games out there that uh, have been canceled, uh, we're with you for the next three hours, which is fun. So uh, we scrambled. It's me. It's Ty. It's Jake. Uh, as always, on a Saturday with you for the next three hours. Phone lines are open, 800-919-3776. From what I heard, I, I wasn't sure. You know, it's it's snowy. A lot of people out are not are told not to be out on the roads. So assuming a lot of people were out not doing their honeydew list. and uh, But from what I understand, we got a lot of caller interaction, a lot of response on Dave's show. So hopefully uh, that continues today because we would like to hear, I'd like to hear from Giants fans in regard to uh, what you think about the new hire and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm over the moon. I'm thrilled with it. And, and I'll rewind as well in regard to what I've been preaching on this show for years now and the direction now that I, th- I think the Giants are headed in, um, I, I think is, is pretty solid. So obviously a lot of talk in, in regard to the Giants. They're higher now with Dable uh, as well as uh, Joe Shane and, and that tandem moving forward. Their commitment to Daniel Jones. We'll get into all that. 800-919-3776. Cynthia Freeland, who typically joins us on the program at 1.30. Again, uh, scheduled her for 12.30 today because we thought we were only going to be on for 90 minutes. She's still going to join us at 12.30 and actually works out. Keep in mind, uh, Cynthia Freeland worked with the Bills this season. So she's got her finger on the pulse of that team better than most. She knows Dable, so I'm excited to get her on, get her thoughts, her opinion on the hire, what she thinks about their commitment to Daniel Jones, as well as we'll dive into tomorrow. You've got the AFC-NFC championship games. Uh, I've been talking about it all week on Daily Wager, so I've got my plays, uh, my thoughts. I'll give those to you as well. And just a reminder, New York Game Day, we're with you tomorrow morning, uh, bright and early from 7 to 11. Myself, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Mike Tannenbaum, of course, always joins the show at 10 a.m., so... Uh, You'll get a lot of football talk here in the next three hours. You'll get a lot of football talk tomorrow morning from 7 to 11 a.m. as well. Vic Carucci, very dear friend of mine. I've known him for quite a while. He's been covering the NFL as long as I have, if not longer. And uh, he's got his own show on Sirius. Also, he works for the Bills organization. He's part of their broadcast team. He knows Dable and and that, uh, that, that offense better than most as well. So we're going to get him on the show in the 2 o'clock hour to give us some insight on the new head coach for the New York football giants. And of course, as always, Joe Wiz joins us on the program with his picks and his plays. I've actually got a few plays for you. I've been doing by the way, Ty, be really, you know, because the NFL season is now dwindling down. Now daily wagers asked me to handicap NBA. I went seven and two last night with my NBA plays. I'm sure one of those seven was uh, Milwaukee. Absolutely. How could it not be? Hammered I mean, it's a bucks. it's a it's a poop show over there right now. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's 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 a sad state of affairs. It's it's as we like to say in Miami, que pena. Uh, very embarrassing. How embarrassing. I'm sure you took uh, the Suns as well. I did not play the Suns. Wow. Uh, you want to you want to know my plays last night? Since you're since you're you you're, took De- you had to take Denver four and a half in New Orleans. Here were my here were my plays. Um, I did have Boston plus two. I was a loser there. I had Trey Young over twenty six and a half points because I like the defense that Marcus Smart plays one on one. A lot of one on one man up defense. So I I won that Trey Young under twenty six and a half points. Um, I had the Heat uh, minus six. I had uh, Bam over points, assist, and rebounds. I won there. So I went two and zero. Oh in the heat and the prop bet. I lost with the Hornets. I had the Hornets minus seven against the Lakers. I thought with the Lakers not being able to feel the team 
Hornets would roll. They've been great as of late. I mean, heck, they put up 158 points uh, the other night against the Pacers in Indy. I lost there. That was one of my, my two losses. I had the Grizzlies. I, that was my favorite. That was my best bet. The Grizzlies minus four over, over the Jazz with no Gobert as well as uh, Donovan Mitchell. I had Denver minus four and a half against uh, the Pelicans. Uh, I had DeRozan over 35 and a half points, assist, and rebounds. He was going up against his former team, the Spurs. I thought he would put on a show, and sure enough, he did. And last but not least, I did. I had the Bucks minus eight and a half. So, um, so yeah. So I, I went seven and two last night with my play. So I, I'm, I feel I feel pretty good. I'm pretty I'm feeling pretty hot right now uh, in regard to my record, and uh, and so I've got some plays for uh, for some games tonight as well. So we'll, we'll dive into those in this show really quick. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about golf because obviously um, we've got a lot more important issues to dive into, one being the Knicks, uh, two is is the Giants and their hire now of, of, of Brian Dable. But golf is about to kick off. It is the final round. Because the NFL schedule moved to 18 weeks and whatnot, the Farmers Insurance Open started on Wednesday as opposed to Thursday. So today's the final round. If you want to get into some action there really quick, uh, you've got Rom, who I do believe is going to win, but you could bet that at plus 275. Uh, Willie Zalatoris is plus 350. I think there's value. Jason Day, the Australian, has been playing great. So my favorite play is Jason Day to finish in the top five at minus 125. Jason Day to win at plus 450. I think that's the best value on the slate today. Uh, also McNeely to finish in the top five. You can get that at three to one and some matchups that I like day over Zalatoris McNeely over Leishman list over Rose and Neiman over Reed Neiman over Reed has to be my favorite matchup today. You get that at minus one Oh five. So again, hashtag run, don't walk. They tee off in just a few minutes. So if you can jump on that now, I certainly would do so. Enough talk of golf for today, even though it is, again, the final round. 800-919-3776. Again, let's dive into uh, what's going on with the Giants and, of course, their hire of Dable. Quick break. We come back. I'll give you all the reasons why I love this hire. I will say this, though. This was not the head coach that I anticipated the Giants to hire. Everything I was hearing with my quote-unquote sources, although I am far, far, far from an Adam Schefter in this business, but my sources were telling me for over two weeks that it was going to be Brian Flores. Brian Flores did come in, and he spent a very long day at the Giants facility, but for whatever reason, not sure why, uh, he didn't fit the bill. Didn't seal the deal. Didn't get the job. Dable got it. I still think that this is the best decision for the Giants moving forward for all the reasons that I've been talking about for the past year and a half. I'll, 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 I'll revisit those and tell you all the reasons why I think this is a great hire. But also, part two to this scenario is the decision on bringing in a defensive coordinator. And I was, I've made my calls since the Dable hire and speaking to a number of scouts and executives in around the NFL asking how imperative it is that the Giants bring in a defensive coordinator that has had head coaching experience. And to my surprise, many of them say no. So I'll give you the list of defensive coordinators that are out there, those that do have head coaching experience, because as we know, uh, now the new general manager, first-time general manager, and the new head coach, first-time head coach, 
you want to get some experience in there. I would believe, one would believe, but based on the information and the response that I've been getting from the phone calls and text messages I've been uh, interacting with for the last 24 hours, uh, the uh, I, I'd say 80% of the response is no, not as important as you would think. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Unfortunately, we didn't have a Week in Wager show last night because of uh, the Knicks game to the Bucks. But we can wager, just a reminder, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. And I've talked, believe in your game, believe in your bet, BetMGM Sports. And uh, again, gave you some golf plays to jump on right now before that uh, final round tee time uh, begins. Because, of course, uh, those odds will then be taken off the board. 800-919-3776. I understand that we've got James and Richard on hold. Guys, I'm going to get to you in just a second. I just want to rewind before we look forward. And, and this is something that I've been preaching on these airwaves forever and a day. And that is... In, in the years that I have covered the NFL, it's just it has become so apparent to me how you have success in the NFL, and that is having a cohesive uh, organizational structure from top to bottom. And and what I love about what the Giants have done now, bringing in Joe Shane and, and hiring Brian Dable, is that this is the start of that. You know, there, there's no more. Okay, well, we're gonna hire, we're gonna hire Dave Gettleman. And Dave Gettleman, the organization, we're going to hire Pat Shermer. Or we're going to fire Pat Shermer and Dave, we're going to hire Joe Judge and bring him in. That's the, that's, that's the coach you're going to have to work with. Because there's, there's, no, there's no unified, you don't know, there's no guarantee that there is a unified uh, sense of uh, really view of, of how an individual who's who's in power wants to run their their program wants to run their organization wants to create an identity and so now you've got Shane who comes in brings in the the offensive coordinator who he was working with for 4 years at Buffalo understands what he can do understands the type of offense and and the type of identity that that Dable was able to create with Josh Allen in Buffalo and be able to implement it here in New York. And I think it's, it's and, and, and I'm not sitting here promising the world and saying that just because these two gentlemen have aligned properly here in New York, that it means that the Giants are going to win. That's not what I'm saying. But it's a great start to an organizational culture that has been crap for so long. And that's what I love about this hire. Okay? So what happens now? So as we know, Joe Shane is now the general general manager. He came out, he says, listen, we've got to solve the salary cap problem. It is a problem. Now, who caused that problem? Well, Gettleman, and you got to give, you got to give, uh, you know, uh, credit where credit's due and, and, and also um, where things go wrong. And that's Kevin Abrams. Kevin Abrams is still part of the organization. He's still the money guy. So is Kevin Abrams going to be reeled in a little bit in regard to, as much power and say as he did have when Gettleman was here? That's a big question mark. I would imagine Joe Shane, that was something that the conversation Joe Shane must have had with the organization. You know, the, the, the definition of insanity is doing things over and over and over again. So I would imagine Joe Shane coming in saying, hey, listen, if I'm going to take this job, it's me. I'll, and, and we don't know. Here, here's another thing I need to share with you. I know I'm all over the place here. Let me try to reel myself in. And that is, Typically, when general managers and, and, and coaches are hired, the scouting department 
that is such a crucial, vital part of free agency and the draft, they, don't, they, they aren't let go right away. Why? Because they've been doing all their work, all their research, all, all year long, getting ready for this year's draft. So whatever changes are going to happen, whether it's with Kevin Abrams, whether it's with the scouting department, more than likely won't happen until May, won't happen until after the draft. And I do expect changes to happen. I don't know how much say the Maras have in regard to like, hey, this is our scouting department. These guys have been with us for a long time. This is who we value. This is who we want to protect. You know, there is some family involved in that, whether it's a nephew, whether it's a brother, whatever the case may be. I don't know how much say Joe Shane has in regard to who stays, who goes, who's protected by the Mara and the Tish family. We don't know all that. But I do expect the scouting department to have some major changes. Why? Because the scouting department worked under the philosophy and how Dave Gettleman had that organization rank, value, and analyze players. And every general manager and every, every, every organization does it differently. And I would imagine that Joe Shane and, and, and Brian Dable want to bring their scouting department and their guys in here. And that's, you can't underestimate the importance. Yes, at the end of the day, does Joe Shane make the final decision in regard to who the Giants are going to be drafting, the two players in the top 10? Will they be trading out all that? Yes, at the end of the day, it's, but, but he's only one man. He's got to rely on a scouting department to go out there and, and, and provide him the information and believe in the, scout, the scouts that he hires and those who, who he, he puts in place to rank and analyze and critique players accordingly to give him the best valued information to make the decisions he needs to make. So I do expect the scouting department to look a lot different, but not until after the draft, just FYI. And that's typically when it happens, and it has to, because in, in a smart way as well. But again, in, in, in you know, a, a roundabout way here, and, and I've, I have spoken extensively about this when it comes to the Giants. And I'm just, I'm, I'm over the moon and I'm thrilled and Giants fans should be as well in who they have hired both as the general manager and the head coach, the cohesiveness coming in together working together for obviously for four years in Buffalo, having the same mentality, understanding the organizational culture that needs to be instilled at that Giants facility and beginning to do so. And so uh, I, I, I think it's a win-win. Uh, one step further in regard to Daniel Jones, I know that there's a lot of Giants fans out there that aren't so sold on, on Daniel Jones. I, I'm not sold on Daniel Jones either, but... I don't really have an opinion. Why? And John Maris said it. Like, we've done everything we could to screw up this kid. And they have. (laughs) They have. Think about it. From Duke to the NFL, he has had five offensive coordinators in four years. you imagine? And again, for folks who've never played football, you know, it's it's, when, when when you learn a system, when you learn an offense, it's like learning a new language. Can you imagine learning uh, French, Spanish, Portuguese and German and let me put like it's five right let me throw in one more guys I don't know what uh Russian I don't know imagine learning five languages in four years yeah good luck with that and then having to try to execute it it's not just communicating it's it's communicating and executing it 
So for me, subpar offensive play, offensive line play, not a lot of great talent around him. I have more here. Here's the, I got more question marks about Saquon Barkley than I do about Daniel Jones because I just don't know. But I like that the organization is committed to see what they can do, and they have to be. As Joe Shane said, the salary cap is a huge problem. This isn't an organization that can go out and bring in a Deshaun Watson, even though Mer- John Maris said, no, that's not happening, or trade or try to bring in a, a Russell Wilson. They are committed to see what they can do to better Daniel Jones. I do believe that they will pick up his fifth-year option, which means that Giants fans, I do expect Daniel Jones to be your starting quarterback for the next two years, this year and, and, and through 2023. And... The track record, what we've seen Dable do with Josh. Keep in mind, Josh Allen came out of college. He wasn't anything spectacular. He wasn't what he is today. Far from it. But based on the on, on the comments in, in the press conference, not, not the press conference, but the comments we've heard from Dable is, you know, he wants to go out and, and establish a coaching staff that loves to teach. And believe it or not, there are, there are far fewer coaches out there that want to teach what do I mean by that? They're like, oh, they learned everything they needed to learn in college. All I have to do is I just have to in, in, in instruct and instill our game plan each and every week. No. When it comes to a, a coach in the NFL, you've got to teach. You're, you're constantly, aren't we as professionals constantly learning, evolving? We've got to go back, right? We've got to take seminars. We've got to take classes to re-up whatever our certificate is. Whatever the case, but we're constantly having to learn. People are constantly having to teach us regardless of how successful you are in life. Well, that's the same philosophy, in my opinion, that should hold true in coaching, even in the NFL. And believe it or not, there's more coaches out there that don't want to teach. And I I love that we heard that from Dable as well. So there's just a lot. I'm just sharing that there's just so many positives based on the comments I've heard from Mara to Shane to Dable. And... It, it's it's going to be an interesting two years, and Dable's going to have to hopefully try to work his magic. I'm not saying that 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 Daniel Jones is the next Josh Allen, but what what is he? He's very athletic. He's got the size to play in the NFL. He's got great arm strength. He's extremely smart, and he's committed, and he's a good dude. So. A, 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 in my opinion, a lot for Giants fans to be excited about. 800-919-3776. Before we take a break and bring in Cynthia Freeland, let's go to James. James, welcome in. Hey, Anita, what's going on? And thank you so much for taking my call. Um, good, good afternoon. My, my, here's my question. Um, listen, like I'm excited for the hire. I think it's great. For, I think it's great as a Giants fan. But um, I think the key is the offensive coordinator. Now, I keep hearing the name Ken Dorsey. Um, let's just say Ken Dorsey doesn't come and he's retained by the... Well, I think, I think Ken Where's Dorsey... Able- I think, yeah, I think Ken Dorsey, from what I understand, Ken Dorsey is, Ken Dorsey is going to be elevated to offensive coordinator with the, with the Bills. So, so, since, so since Ken Dorsey is likely going to stay with the Buffalo Bills, where do the Giants go as offensive coordinator, because I think that just as important as, as Dable being head coach is equally as important as who his offensive coordinator is going to be and who's going to help run his offense. So who do you think will come and be his offensive coordinator? And, and, and if Patrick Graham is um, not retained, does Wake Martindale be his defensive coordinator? Thanks for you. Yeah, it's, you, you got it. It's, 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 it's excellent questions. 
Here, here's the thing. Because Dable is such an offensive-minded coach, not to say that I'm, yes, whoever the offensive coordinator comes in is important, but to me right now, the, the hiring of the defensive coordinator to me right now is more important. Because you know you've already got the offensive side of the ball taken care of with Dable and overseeing, you know, whatever. And, and here's another thing that I love that we've heard about Dable, and that is this isn't, a, this isn't a head coach that comes in with a certain scheme. I love Shane said it. Dable is on the same page. They're going to build an offense around what Daniel Jones does well. I love that. There, there's such value in that as opposed to a coach coming in and saying, Hey, uh, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, read option. That's my scheme. That's how we're playing. And I'm just, I'm, even though we might not have the horses in the stable to do it, I'm still going to plug them in and hopefully we win. No, 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 no. This is an organization now that they're going to build an offense around what Daniel Jones does well. And that begins with Dable. So for me, uh, the defensive quarter higher is more important. When Cynthia Freeland joins us, I'm going to throw out some names of, uh, of some, some guys out there uh, that Mike Zimmer, Vic Fangio, uh, Wink Martindale, Jim Schwartz, Lovey Smith, just to name a few, Mike Smith, Wade Phillips. I know Wade Phillips is, is, is a little long in the tooth, well, very long in the tooth. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Dala Dala. Anita Marks with you. So is Joe Wiz on 98.7 ESPN. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Joe, what's up? What's up? Not much of you. Trying to stay warm, enjoying listening to your show. Great job. And uh, hopefully we can make some money uh, for people out there uh, in basketball, football, soccer, anything that's out there. Let's do it. Let's do it. Why don't we start with the NFL? You know, obviously everybody's excited for the games tomorrow. Not sure if you heard me. I was on with uh, Cynthia Freeland earlier in the first hour. Um, I, I I do believe Kansas City wins, but um, I just uh, seven at this at this stage in the game. I think they're the better team, but at this stage in the game, you know, you you never know. I mean, these are four of the best teams in the NFL right now, right? So um, I think seven is a little bit too much to to to, to lay. So. I'm going to use them as a two-team, six-point teaser. I'm also going to play them in the first half because Cincinnati typically starts slow. How are you? How are you playing this matchup? Yeah, when you look at it here, the line at Bet Rivers, um, though it's creeping up, it's a seven and a half right now. The totals are fifty-four and a half. Um, Kansas City, um, they played seven straight overs. They put up forty-two against Buffalo in the epic game last week. Forty-two on Pittsburgh, twenty at Denver. It would have been thirty-five, but they knelt at the goal line there. And then the game prior to that, that was the game where they played at Cincinnati, and that was a crazy game because KC jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead, but then uh, the Bengals won the game, thirty-four thirty-one. And that game, Anita Burrow passed for four hundred. 146 yards. Um, you know, KC, we know they could score, but their defense is a little suspect, okay? Um, and uh, I think this total here, 54 and a half, uh, I'm not crazy about it. I know the, everybody is playing KC, so I, I prefer to go with the totalist game um, going over 54, 54 and a half, I see. I took 54 earlier in the week. Um, and, uh, you know, watch out for the Bengals. They're, they have 6-0 and against the spread in their last six games. They beat the Titans. They beat the Raiders. Um, they're a live dog, okay? And, uh, you know, when they they got a great kicker too, and Evan Money McPherson. So if they get over that fifty yard line, who knows? You know, but taking seven and a half, I think the Bengals are a live dog. My better play though is the total in that game, like over fifty four and a half. 
Yeah, um, I, I, I probably one of my favorite plays is, is McPherson over six and a half points. He scored over six and a half points in six straight games with that leg of his. And, uh, you know, it's, it's such a, a great weapon to have, especially I, I want to say that he's hit more field goals, 50 yards or more ever in the history of the NFL. And the dude's a rookie. So um, but but at the same time, I, you know, I just I feel like Tennessee, in my opinion, was the better team should have won it's just you can't win when your quarterback is throwing the ball in three interceptions in a game so uh, I just again I just I I don't I don't know I don't know how that game is is going to result and but I I do believe Kansas City is going to win that's why I'm going to use them as a two-team six-point teaser second game on the docket later on that night is of course uh, the Rams and the uh the 49ers you know this because we've been talking about this uh this team for for quite a while I was on the 49ers last week. I love them again. So give me the 49ers plus three and a half. I love that the hook is still there for the taking. And also I'm going to play them on the money line. How are you playing this matchup? Yeah, when you take a look at it, yeah, the San Francisco 49ers just absolutely own the Rams. I mean, they beat them six straight times, including this year. They beat them a couple weeks ago at SoFi 27-24, earlier in the season in San Fran 31-10. And, uh, hey, how about San Fran? They're the first team to win a playoff game without an offensive touchdown since 2016. So when you take a look at it here, San Fran's got to play a little bit better, though, because when they met uh, a couple weeks ago, they were down 17 nothing in need, and they came back and won that game 27-24. Um, I kind of like the totalness. Game. I think it's 46. San Fran just shut down Prescott and they shut down Rodgers. They two of the top quarterbacks in the NFL have only given up 27 points. Um, I like to told this game. I do lean. I do lean towards San Fran uh, getting the three and a half in this game here. Um, but San Fran's a little banked up, a little bit concerned about them. Uh, you know, Debo. Uh, hopefully, Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell. He's going to be 100 percent from what I hear. And they got a good kicker with Robbie Gold as well. And the 49ers, like I said, to certain teams, certain players, they have their numbers. Um, and uh, you got another live. Door here with San Fran. Um, I think if San Fran wins, it's going to have to be a low-scoring game of 24-21-20, uh, 24-21, something like that. Three and a half is the play on the dog. Uh, better play is the under 46. Yeah, my, my favorite prop bet in this is, is Debo Samuel anytime touchdown. Uh, and granted, there's, there's a little bit of juice on that. It's at minus 135, minus 140 in some places. But uh, in, in two games against the Rams already this season, he's got four touchdowns, two by air, two by sea. And it's evident Kyle Shanahan, you know, he's he's the elixir. Kyle Shanahan schemes for him, whether it's 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 21 personnel, doesn't matter. Uh, he's always getting uh, Devo Samuel in the mix. So those are those are. And those you know, just a you few, know what's interesting? Few of my plays. They don't really have. They don't really have a true home field advantage either at SoFi. I mean, you know, the Rams, like it says, they play there, but there's, uh, you know, there's rumors during the week that where the uh, organization was trying to uh, uh, prevent the 49er fans from taking over. But we've seen a couple games of Rams in prime time, and even uh, earlier in the year when they played the Steelers, it was like there was more Steeler fans uh, when they were playing the Chargers. That was different, though. But um, the Rams, like I said, they don't have that true home field advantage that some teams uh, use to advantage here. So uh, I don't really put much value with them being at home yeah uh, they're anticipating that the first time or i should say the last time these two teams played at uh at sofi stadium 75 percent of the fan base were the 40 were 49er fans and they're anticipating 65 percent of the fan base uh on sunday to be uh, to be 49er fans as well. So, yeah. Where are all these Ram fans at? Where, where are the Ram fans at? Why can't they get their support? They're in St. Louis. Team, right? They're in St. Louis. Yeah, that's dude. right. They're in St. Louis, right? Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I spend, I I used to, I haven't been out to LA in, in quite a while, especially since the pandemic, but 
I have my have family out there. I've spent a lot of time out in the West Coast and a lot of time in LA. And you know, it, it's it's such a transient city. You know, you've got so many people from all over the country who move out there, whether it's for work, or they want a better life experience because of the weather. And so, you know, you you don't you you don't there there aren't a lot of you know there 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 are a lot of Steeler fans out there. There's a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans out yeah. there. Just it, it it you know it it is it is what it is. Um, so that's those are our plays for uh, for Sunday's matchups. Uh, let's take a look. I'm I've been doing really well. Uh, I went seven and two last night in the NBA. Prior to that, I went uh, I went four and one with our my my NF my NBA column on uh, on ESPN.com. So I'm I'm doing quite well when it comes to the NBA. I do have a few picks that I'm leaning towards right now. I'm curious to get yours today. C- give me, give me a few of your your top picks in the NBA on the NBA slate, Joe. Well, you know the game that everyone's interested in is the uh, marquee matchup tonight: uh, Brooklyn Nets taking on the uh, Golden State Warriors. Here, what's happened to the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, it's you know we go back to last year where we, where we said would we ever see the three-headed monsters playing together? It probably may never happen. I mean, it's unfortunate because it, it would be something to see, and might be the only new title we see in New York in, in, in the next couple of years. But be as it may, I mean, Brooklyn's 29-19, but they're just 19 and 29 against the spread, and. Uh, um, you know, but this line's rather high, and this line's up to eight right now. So I think you're getting some value with Harden back in the lineup tonight. Harden's going to be back in, and Irving's going to play. So I know Golden State Warriors are really good, but they're just five games over 500 against the spread, 27 and 20 against the spread, and they just beat up on Minnesota. Um, but I think getting eight with Harden and Irving in the lineup, I'm going with Brooklyn plus the eight. You're not you're not worried about you know the 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 talk the scuttlebutt in regard to Harden and, and Kyrie not being on the same page some frustration there in regard to you know what all that transpired this this year with with Kyrie that doesn't worry you at all. It does, but I still think you know when they're playing, you know, the, the professional athletes. Okay, let's hope they can put their differences on the side. We know Irving's a head case, you know, but it is what it is. He's a great player, and if Harden can play, if those two guys are on the court and they're getting eight points with the distractions aside, that's the intangible factor. We just don't know what it is, um, how well they'll play together. But you know, if they play to the level that's expected to, I just think getting eight points with those two players on the court, I think you're getting value with the Nets. I thought this line originally would be like four or five. When I sort of line at eight, um, I took the eight. I think there's just too many points, um, even though the Nets are uh, sub-500 against the spread. Um, maybe they'll be more focused on either. And, you know, this is a big West Coast road trip for them. You know, they got a lot of games here that they're going to have problems with. I mean, you know, I talked about it on my show on the fine line. Um, five-game road trip here, and the only game that they uh, may be favored in is against Sacramento. All the other teams that they play, they might be underdogs, and it's very rare. Eight points is one of the bigger dog plays we've seen with Brooklyn um, so I'm taking a shot with them. I think the value's there, getting eight points. Great stuff as always, Joe. Appreciate you. Why don't you let the fans, uh, listeners out there know exactly uh, where and when they can hear you here on 98.7 ESPN. Thank you. I'm on Friday nights at midnight, sometimes a little later. And last night I was on after the Nick game. Uh, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. And, of course, tomorrow morning I'll be on at 6 a.m. And either we're going to be talking the World Cup. There's three football games tomorrow, not two, but three. Nobody cares about soccer, but we will be talking about the USA qualify against Canada. It's a big game tomorrow. It goes at 3 p.m. So all the soccer fans out there, and I know there's a ton of them because whenever they play at MetLife Stadium, they sell out all the time. So go Team USA. You're getting value. Plus 130 free soccer pick. USA plus 130 to knock off Canada tomorrow. 
You love it. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This is Click, 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 or Don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? All right, welcome in again. Uh, segment brought to you by Week Wager, BetMGM. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports right here on 98.7 ESPN. And we find our way around what is trending with click or don't click. And our producers, Ty and Jake, lead the way. Gentlemen. All right, Anita, let's start with the New York football giants. They have their head coach, Brian Dable. He is set to replace Joe Judge, fired after two seasons, who went 10-23 and 23 in the infamous uh, quarterback draw on, on third and eight in your own territory. So uh, you, Giants had that going for them. But better days ahead. Greener pastures, you've got your GM now and Joe Shane. He brings in his guy, Brian Dable. And now for this season, it's all about evaluating the quarterback, and that is Daniel Jones. My question to you, Anita, does Daniel Jones get a second contract with the New York Giants? Ooh, uh, I don't know, but I'll tell you what I do believe. I do believe that the Giants will pick up his fifth-year option, and so I believe that Daniel Jones will be the starting quarterback for the Giants for the next two years, and I think they'll evaluate, and it'll be, you know— you know what what do they what type of improvement do they see i think they're going to better the offensive line they're going to have to bring in uh some free agents they're going to have to do something you know shane is going to have to work his magic in regard to the salary salary cap hell that they're in right now to try to better the situation for daniel jones and then i think they're going to take the next 2 years to evaluate and see what they have in him, and then decide then. So right now, I don't even think the Giants know what they're going to do. I think this is going to be a, a wait and see. What can Dable do? What 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 type of offense? What type of weapons? What kind of support system can he put around Daniel Jones to give the Giants a fair assessment and evaluation of, of what Daniel can do? That's what he, I think is going to happen. Here's the problem uh, that the Giants are facing, amongst many. You come off of what many people who watched last weekend called the greatest football weekend we've ever seen and it was highlighted by Joe Burrow leading his team to a victory game-winning drive Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes on the biggest stage Matt Stafford was was great all game but needed to make one more big throw he did late to beat the Bucks. excellent quarterback play through and through when you see Daniel Jones, do you see any signs of him ultimately becoming a Stafford, a Burrow, a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a Justin Herbert? These are the guys you need to have under center, unless you're, uh, and if not, you're drawing dead to to really contend for a Super Bowl. And I understand if you're a Giants fan, you're not even in the conversation of Super Bowl right now. You're just trying to get this team back to relevancy, 500 into the playoffs. But at some point, that decision has to come on Daniel Jones. I don't think we're watching a guy through three years who is going to become a top eight, top ten quarterback. Um, And you can say it's bad offensive line. You can say weapons. He's been hurt for three straight seasons. When he's played, he's shown flashes. And by now, going into year four, you usually see that the quarterback is going to become something special. We have not seen that with Daniel Jones. No, we we haven't. But they're few and far between. Ty, I mean, let's be honest, like, like, you know, um, you know, in, in looking around and looking around the NFL, you know, 
let's do this. Like, let's look around the NFL and and look at quarterback situations in around the the third two teams and what what would I value or how would I value taking the next two years to see what I have in Daniel Jones over? I would take that over uh, Tua. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, I would take it over. I know, I know. Jets fans don't want to hear this, but I'll take it over Zach Wilson. You, cannot, you can't say that after after six, twelve games. He or what do you play? Thirteen games this year, twelve games. How how could you possibly say you take, you know, year four? I just because 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 a Zach Wilson doesn't have the size Daniel Jones has. Okay, Kyler Murray doesn't have size, and all I know is he went to the playoffs this year. Yeah, but he's an outlier. Drew Brees is an outlier. Russell Wilson is an outlier. Now why can't Zach it's- Wilson become an outlier? He could, but you're, but you're you're asking me like, what am I what am I willing to gamble on? I'm willing to gamble on Daniel Jones's development in the next two years because of the traits that he has over Zach Wilson and the traits that Zach Wilson doesn't have. So you're willing to I gamble mean, on Daniel Jones for the first time ever staying healthy for two consecutive seasons because he hasn't been healthy in, in any of his three seasons, and all of a sudden he's just going to get healthy. Well, I'm, I'm again. A lot of that has to do with the offensive line. He's been pummeled. So, but let's just go through the list. I'm, I'm just, I'm giving you, my, I'm giving you my list. Um, Jalen Hurts. I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. I'd, I'd gamble on to see what this new regime can do with Daniel Jones over Jalen Hurts. Heineke. Um, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> uh, Mason Rudolph. Uh, I'm still on the fence with Justin Fields as well. Golf, Jordan Love, uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, I'm I'm. Duh, 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 duh. No, we don't know that Jordan Love is the starting quarterback of the Packers next year. Oh, they're they're so they're so calorie, salary cap strapped, and with the reports that uh, that that. Rodgers is 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 not going to be there anymore. Yeah, especially where they drafted him. If Rodgers goes, which no, I'm saying, like, all... do we know that? Oh, sure. Just for the sake of argument, assuming Rodgers leaves, um, I'm, I'll, I'll even go. You know, um, as much as I love Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, um, both Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Um, bum 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 bum. I mean, so so I, I guess I'm just sharing with you, like, I've just rattled off at least 10, if not 12 teams out there that I'd rather take a gamble the next two years and invest in in what Daniel Jones does bring to the table in regard to athleticism, size, arm strength, intelligence, commitment. I, I'd rather, I, I will gamble on the next two years with this new regime than those other teams and quarterbacks that I just rattled off. I know we got to get to Jake, but real quick. So you think that if the Browns called the Giants right now and offered Baker Mayfield straight up for Daniel Jones, you would like they should say no. They should say no. Wow. I don't think I don't think I don't think Baker I don't think Baker Mayfield is a, a, a top twenty five quarterback in this NFL. Top fifteen. I don't. You don't think he's a top twenty five quarterback? No, I don't. What has Baker Mayfield done, Ty? All right. What what has Baker, what has he done? 
You don't think Baker Mayfield is one of the 25 best quarterbacks in the NFL. That I just find that to be fascinating. Okay. On to you, Jake. All right. Well, we talked a lot of football today, and for good reason. It's, you know, championship weekend, one of the best weekends of football. So I kind of wanted to kind of transition very quickly to baseball. You know, they somehow found their way into the news this week, even with all these labor meetings and the strike going on. But they found themselves in the news for not necessarily a great reason. All the talk with the Hall of Fame. David Ortiz finds himself in the Hall of Fame, the only member getting inducted this year. And I don't think really anyone's arguing that David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer, but when you leave guys out like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, who now, that was their 10th year on the ballot, so they're officially off, and Alex Rodriguez was on his first year of the ballot as well and only got uh, 36% of the vote. So it's a little weird to see this love that David Ortiz received. And a lot of, you know, uh, questions around the Hall of Fame, is it really even that prestigious anymore? So Anita, my question for you before we kind of wrap click or don't click up is is there a solution to fix the MLB Hall of Fame or is this kind of where we're at now I think I think Major League Baseball should come to the understanding and the realization that there are a number of guys I believe that are in in Cooperstown that did utilize performance enhancing drugs and never got caught um I think considering that the commissioner and uh in Major League Baseball turned a blind eye for an extended period of time and allowed in, in, in a roundabout way, allowed the players to utilize performance-enhancing drugs without really uh, policing them. I think they should just, you uh, like. I think they should just say uh, from this from this year to this year, um, you know, was a time where performance-enhancing drugs were were utilized quite frequently and quite often in in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. We don't know who did them. We don't know who didn't. Well, yeah, we do know some guys who did them. Of course, those that uh, majority majority of the players were, were definitely using them. So they yeah. definitely turned so, a blind eye. It, exactly. So just so just make note of an era and call it the steroid era of Major League Baseball because there are definitely a number of players that are in there that used performance enhancing drugs and just never tested positive. So uh, to me, it's 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 more of a witch hunt than anything else, and and and. That's how I think they could correct it. Absolutely. It's just, it's just state that this this is the time frame. This and was the time frame. I of, think the first when, when performance enhancing drugs were running rampant in in Major League Baseball. And I think the first thing that MLB has to do is admit that they have a problem because you look at the Hall of Fame where it's supposed to be the best of the best, and the MLB's all time hits leader Pete Rose, the all time home run leader Barry Bonds, and the all time leader in Cy Young. Roger Clemens are all not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. So they clearly have a problem on their hands. And, you know, what do they say? Bad uh, publicity is somehow good publicity. But with all the bad talk around MLB right now, especially with the strikes and now this, that, you know, they're, they're in some trouble. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. And again, some breaking news here on 98.7 ESPN. Adam Schefter from ESPN, of course, is reporting that Tom Brady is going to retire after 22 seasons in the NFL. And uh, just to take a look, look back here in regard to all that he's been able to accomplish um, in that 22 year period. Of course, as we know, he went to school at, uh, at Michigan uh, Patriots uh, drafted him in the sixth round and uh, played for the Patriots for 19 years. Of course, was with uh, the Tampa Bay bucks for two, seven Super Bowls, five Super Bowl MVPs, 
three times most valuable player, two times NFL offensive player of the year, um, NFL comeback player of the year in 2009, three time first team all pro, three time second team all pro, five time NFL passing touchdown leader, four time NFL passing yards leader, two time NFL passer rating leader. Uh, the list goes on and on in, in regard to, uh, you know, what, what he's been able to. Um, most career quarterback wins at 243, what he's been able to accomplish. Uh, most career passing attempts at 11,317, passing completions at 7,263, passing touchdowns at 624, passing yards at 84,520. So, you know, listen, even before this season began, uh, touchdown interception ratio 264 to 203. I'm just trying to share with you as many unbelievable stats that Tom Brady has been able to achieve in uh, in his 22-year career. And, uh, of course, everybody calls him the GOAT even before this season. So, uh, you know, does, is, is, there, is there any more that Tom Brady needs to prove uh, in, in order to secure his, his legacy in the NFL? Um, I, I think not. So, and, you know... I just, you know, it's it's just I I think it's I think it's it's sad that you know his his career ended um in the game that we saw this this past week because it was it was pretty much an, an anemic offense. It wasn't like, you know, it was his best game and unfortunately, you know, they lost, you know, in overtime or or what have you. Um you know, and right after that game reports were that his family uh was you want to say more important? Yeah, family should be the most important. But apparently this this is, you know, when this discussion began, whether or not Tom Brady was going to retire after the season, uh, the the reasons being this week as to why it was being discussed was because of his family and his children are getting older. He's got uh, two boys and a young girl and he wants to be around his wife. So um, it's it's really you know, what, what is the NFL and, and, and Ty, of course, and, and Jake who are producing the show. I know Ty, you're a big fan of Tom Brady, but you know, what is this NFL going to look like without Tom Brady? Well, so, so, um, I'm actually not a big fan of Tom Brady as a jet fan. I, you know, you, you rooted against him for his entire career. I did feel differently once he went to Tampa um, just because you know he's not, you're not competing against him in the same division and having to lose to him every year, but I will say it's kind of depressing. You have one of the greatest, not just football players, one of the greatest athletes ever of all time retiring, and you got a chance to watch his entire career unfold at the age of 44. He led the league in passing yards and touchdowns. He's going to finish no lower than two in the MVP voting. Uh, that, I'm actually pretty sad to see him go. I enjoyed rooting against Brady. If that makes sense, it, it was fun to root against him, and me being such a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, like there's a rivalry there. Um, this is actually sad news. This is very, very depressing news. I, I, I didn't think there was any chance he was going to retire, but um, there he is. Um, greatest, greatest I, I quarterback don't know, of all time. So people say. Um, I, I mean, Super listen, Bowls. hard to argue against that. It's a, it's a team sport, Ty. Do you really want to get into this with me? With Twelve sec, twelve minutes left in the in, I don't think in the it's show. a conversation I anymore. I, mean, I I do I do believe it's a conversation, but nonetheless, uh, you know, would I rank him in in my top five, top three for sure? 
Do I feel that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time? I don't. But again, it's, it's each so their who, own. It's, who's it's, your greatest it's, of all time? It's it's my opinion. I, again, I don't want to get in this. I don't want to get in this this discussion with 12, 11 minutes left in the show. I mean, I'm I'm happy. I'm sure that I'm sure that Kiwi and and Mike Tannenbaum and I will get into it tomorrow. We're on with you from 11 a.m. until until 7 a.m. until 11 a.m. tomorrow. Listen, I, I'm not. Tom Brady did phenomenal things. Like I said, would I put him in my top five, my top three? Absolutely. And and here's my stance on this. I don't believe in appointing somebody the greatest of all time when you talk about a team sport, especially a team sport where he's not on the field half the time. <laughs> like it's like the whole thing is ridiculous to me. So you don't have, really, so you don't think that the, so so you because because when I say because when I when you say greatest of all time, I say well you know I I I disagree. You the first thing you say is. You know, Super Bowls. Okay, well, a lot of those Super Bowls were won because of the defense, not because of Tom Brady, right? Like, so, you know, and, and he's not even, you know, the NBA is one thing because you've got to play, you know, you're, you're a player and you've got to play both offense and defense. You don't come off the court. If you come off the court, you know, you're off the court for, I don't know, three, four minutes, whatever the case. But, like, he doesn't even play defense. <laughs> and majority of the NFL, the majority of, of these Super Bowls that were won were won because of the defense. Um, or because but I, so you don't have you don't think that there's a such thing as as the greatest of all time in the sport of football period because it's a I, I don't sport. I don't I mean I think I think you could I think you could put I think you could put Tom Brady up there and the, the, the like for example and I'm not just saying this because I'm from Miami because you know I'm not I'm not I don't have an allegiance to a team I don't but hands down Dan Marino was is definitely a top five quarterback to ever play in this game but he never won a Super Bowl Ever. You know why? He never had a top 10 defense. Ever, ever, ever. In the history of Dan Marino's tenure with the Miami Dolphins, never had a top 10 defense. And only once had a rusher who rushed for over 1,000 yards. Once. In all his time with the Miami Dolphins. So, and those are, those, are, those are things that you need in order to win championships. Defense wins championships. So, you know, it was Tom Brady otherworldly? Absolutely. The fact that he was, here's more importantly, the fact that he was drafted in the sixth round to me is unbelievable and was able to have the career that he had. So I'm not, it, it's, it's his, his, his career has been sensational. Is he in the discussion if, if, if one so wants to have about the greatest quarterback of all time? Absolutely, he has to be in the discussion. But I just I, I have some reservations about appointing players as the greatest of all time when you're talking about a team sport, especially one where uh, that player is not on the field half the time. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.